check the mic and make sure it sound right, boy. This is Brewer Voice. I'm here, Parker T. What's up, y'all? I'm Brandon Rogers. And today we got a special guest. Uh, he's not just a brother. He's more of a father's figure. Uh, he's been in the beer game for at least eight years, but probably even longer. We're going to dig into that. Uh, his name is Kuipo. Did I say that right? Kuipo Aloha. Kuipo Aloha Lawler. You got it. From Pacific Island Brewery. So this is special for me because, like I said, he's been a, he's been very important for me in the last five years. Always stopping by the brewery, giving me great advice, lead, pointing me in the right direction, talking trash for no apparent reason. So this should be a good conversation. And so let's get into it. My first question to you, give me a little bit of background about yourself. So, you know, let's start from college. I'm an ASU alumni, grew up in, in San Diego, got a scholarship to go to college, end up going from college into the Sheriff's Department in Maricopa County. Then I went from there to the grocery industry, all the way up to a district manager, all in five years. Decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Went into the car business for five years, made a whole lot of money, which was kind of funny, but... If you're just willing to talk to anybody, you make money in the car business. Did that for five years, then I retired. Didn't do anything for a couple of years. And now I'm a co-founder of Pacific Islander Beer Company. Our brewery is Pacific Islander Brewery. And that's what I do now. I'm the grandfather of a brewery. And of friends like Tim. <laughs> who makes really, 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 really good beers. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. At what point did you decide to say, hey, you know what? I'm about to make beer. I mean, were you making it at home? Were you, you know, just going to the brewery drinking? I mean, what was the trigger and the transition to say, you know what? I want to start making beer. My, naf my nephew was a home brewer, and uh, his name was Will Fox. And he came to me with some home brews in a bottle during Thanksgiving, had me try it. I've never been like a Bud Light or Coors Light um, drinker. I was more like a Red Trolley, Killian's Red, Amber Bach type of dude. So it wasn't a hard transition back then to get away from um, domestic style beers. And he said he wanted to open a brewery. I said, you know, let me know what you're, gonna, what you're doing. And the next year, Thanksgiving came, that was like 2013. And I asked him again, how's the brewery going? His plans were to do it in a garage and found out you can't have an ABC license in a garage. And I said, I'll check it out for six months. So me and my wife drove around about probably 60 breweries because um, um, I was retired by then. And um, it's kind of funny, 2014, retired. Had a chance to try a lot of beers, and I saw the camaraderie in the brewery industry, and that's really what sucked me in. I mean, I would walk into a brewery. One of my favorites is L. Smith and in their old place, and and they would treat you like family. And I always thought that, you know, if I opened a business, I want to treat people like friends and family. And so I, by going around, I got to see that, and, and it was just amazing. I was more really close to my vest on uh, our plans and what we were going to do. Um, and then after cruising around for six months and, and talking to my nephew, Will, and... Um, and Bob, one of our, the, us three were like the partners of the brewery. We just, I kind of said, man, I, if, this has got to be a fun kind of thing to do. And literally did I know that it was going to be a life-changing um, business. Um, 
what changes every month, every year in the beginning to now with the pandemic and then into now, let's say 2022, where uh, most breweries that are going to survive know they're going to survive, um, which is a very positive thing. Now it's fun again. We're making beers. Uh, people are coming out to drink beers, even um, over this new um, pandemic part that we're dealing with. People are just loving beers. And then one of the best things, and Tim will tell you the same thing, it's just the, the friendships you build in the, in the brewery industry with your customers. They almost become like family. So you have this gigantic family. If you own a printing shop and you're there for 30 years, you have no friends. They're just business acquaintances. They're people that you know for 20 years. In the brewery industry, you're now going to their house. You're getting invited to the person's wedding. You're in, and they're not even asking for beers. They're just, they built a social environment with you. And that's the greatest thing about being in a brewery. I totally agree with you on that. I want to go back to the camaraderie you talked about and how the beer industry, I, I mean, I don't know how it is in other states, but I, every place I've been, it's always been the same way. I've reached out to someone, even in Texas, and be like, hey, got this question for you. And they responded back. Let's go in a little bit of more detail about the camaraderie in the beer industry, especially here in San Diego, because I don't think a lot of people understand how well we actually work together. People had to show me what to do. Um, I spent six months building a business plan to start the brewery, budgets and doing all kinds of stuff that... I ran into a couple of brewers, uh, breweries, one Manzanita, the owner was Jeff, and they were the big boy on the block. They had a, a, a just opened a 30 barrel brew house with six, 60 and, and, um, barrel tanks. And um, I ran into him at a chamber meeting and what he told me in four minutes, I'd spend months looking at. And then um, happened to be that Jack White who owned Ballast Point before he became a very wealthy person, but he's a very nice, wealthy person. Um, Jack White went to my same high school. He's a little younger than me, um, but he, he graduated from uh, uni Catholic school, uh, high school. That's where I graduated from. And when he found out that, the camaraderie opened up with that. And he was opening at that time um, the Ballast Point in Mira Mesa. He had already opened Carroll Canyon, but he was opening that. So he told me whatever I need, whatever I want. So I was going to originally open the brewery at a five-barrel brew house. We really wanted a three-and-a-half-barrel brew house. We wanted to make enough beer to pay rent of 1500 which is a big laughter. Jack told me one time, I called him, woke him up. He was in Germany, and I didn't know that. I'm calling him at, you know, um, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's in the middle of the morning, and he answers the phone. And, I go, and he goes, what's up? And I go... Uh, I just want to know, we don't have a hop contract. We're ready to open. I have no hops. I don't know what I should do. And he says, call Yosef up. And Yosef was, started off as a brewer to him and then worked all the way up to like a second in command with Ballast Point. And so I called Yosef up and I said, I need these hops right here. He said, okay, how much you need? I'm thinking like, you know, like four pounds. Um, and, 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 you know, and so he sends me, so he comes down, they, he, don't, he sent the guy down. With a, with a truck, one of the Ballast Points trucks, and he's bringing me these 44-pound boxes of um, Centennial and Cascade and Chinook and some of the older hops. And he drops them off. They, the truck driver just says, hey, he said, bring them to you. And I go, 
okay, do you bring an invoice or nothing? He goes, yeah, he said, I'll take care of you later. Um, never saw an invoice ever. You hear that? <laughs> if you're out there, Jack White, hearing that, that's pretty funny. And so he, he, he would tell me something in minutes, and that's when we talk about camaraderie. Jack White, I'd call him, and he goes, here's my first comment to him. How big a brew house, he said to me, his first comment to me, how big a brew house are you going to be? I said, probably like three and a half a barrel, you know, and he goes, do you want to work 24 hours a day? And I said, no, because I'm retired already. And he goes, well, if you put a three and a half barrel brew house in, you're going to work 24 hours a day. And I said, how big do you want? He said, if it was me, I'd put in a 20 barrel. You know, and I'm thinking 20 barrels. Oh, my God. OK, so I made a compromise to open a 10 barrel brew house with um, 20 barrel tanks right off the bat. I didn't do my mistake is I should have had 110, but I did all 20s and I opened with no beer. The reason why is because 5,000 customers showed up, and you got to remember it was eight years ago, in the first week. And it was insane. So after the first week, we're the known in the brewery industry as a five-ounce five pour. Because <laughs> we close, and it's kind of funny that you look back, because all of us today, a lot of the people in the craft industry don't have a lot that history of eight, eight, eight years. And when we had June this year, we'll be going on our ninth year. And we're not the biggest brewery, and we probably aren't because <laughs> I'm an old fart, and I, I'm very conservative. But it's because the, our fans are like family, and they're very loyal to us, um, and they've kept us in business. Um, I look at Tim and being younger, and there was things that he was doing, but they weren't anything major. Tim might say, I came in and stayed stuff to him. I did. And um, he said a lot. Yes. Let's get that straight. He said and, a lot. And believe me, <laughs> when I first came to Tim, I'm not going to be really negative. His beers have gone from average to excellent drinking beers. You could walk in there any day and you could pick any beer and you're going to be able to drink that beer. And that is the goal in the brewery industry. It's not winning awards. It's not sending your beers off to get that because it's not going to matter. It's that the normal public can come in and have a beer. And, and it doesn't matter. If they want a blonde, they'll like your blonde. If they want to have an IPA, they'll like your IPA. If they want a pale, they'll like your pale. That is the, what our industry needs to start doing. We need to make beers that people want to drink. We need not to be making beers that we want to try to win awards with. We want to make consistency. Um, I see it in, in Tim. Tim made some hard decisions a few years ago um, to bring in a true brewer that could make some great beers with him. Um, is our brewers like children to us? Yes, and they act like children. Right, Tim? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, uh, they could be difficult sometimes. Um, I, uh, most brewers know they, they're the most important piece of the, yeah, uh, you know, of the armor. So, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it, they could be very difficult to work with. I mean, I've been lucky enough that uh, my brewer, especially James, he was a prior Marine, and me being Navy, we, we could knock each other upside the head. You know, we could get to the jar talk. Um, <clears throat> but for you, I mean, how was it working with your brewers? Because I know you went through a couple of brewers, too. So when we first started, we had Wills, was my nephew. And he's probably has made, I would, and i got to give him praise, he's probably has made 80% of our core beers that we have today. Um, yes, have we made other beers since then, but 80% of our core beers started with us eight years ago. 
Um, so his recipes live on in our brewery. And, and due to transportation issues and stuff, he had to you know, stop driving from Oceanside or on the border of Oceanside Vista That's to Santee, California. <laughs> and after time. doing that for like three years. Let's be straight. Santee is far away from anything. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, if you're, if you're on the way to the desert, it's pretty close. Okay? But if you're, it's a great stop to pick up, you know, a, a case of beer. Um, but it's on the way leaving San Diego, even though we are in the East County of San Diego. I see breweries all the time in the East County. I go, we're, we're East County San Diego brewery. I go like, we're in San Diego. We're in the East County part, you know. But in the reality, like with, with Tim, I've seen a growth that is pretty exciting with his re- new restaurant, um, brew, brew house. Fun to see those excitement, even from being an owner and seeing a lot of other things we've dealt with over the last few years is to see this industry still trying to grow. Um, and, and a lot of us old timers, and I'm, we can go back to Sierra Nevada, we can go back you know, to Lagunitas, we can go you know, even back to Russian River, and a lot of those breweries that kind of going to learn um, how I was gonna be a brewer um, owner. And I do not make beers, I love drinking beers, um, I know how the brewery industry, uh, the, the brewery building and making, um, um, how it is. I, I ordered all the equipment just like Tim did. And, but I had a lot of help, like, you know, from like Jack White and, and Jeff at Manzanita and, and Gene at BNS, um, that, you know, they had no reason for giving me any information. And it changed the way I did stuff. Canning. Um, I did bottling when I started, and I got out of bottling so fast I didn't know what even hit me. And there I have four pallets of bottles sitting up in the steel. It's all been mentors, and I see like right now Tim is digging into um, a couple of beers I brought. I bought him a Belgian named after my mom. It's called Lola, um, strong Belgian. It's a single so single Belgian. It's got a smoky flavor to it. It's not a golden Belgian, and it's a lower alcohol, so at five point. 5.6, I think it is. You can have a few of them. And I'm going to send it back to Tim because I'm want. i going to ask Tim a question. I know he's trying to throw me oh, on. Oh, well, go for it. I want to ask him. Yes, and I'm going <laughs> to ask him back. How important is your wife to your brewery? She is the most important piece to the brewery. I'm going to try to shorten this story as much as possible. But like a lot of people already know, I was active duty military when I opened up the brewery. So while we crack jokes around here about how I'm the guy that comes up with the great ideas, she's the executioner. And she's the one that, you know, get everything done. And while it's a joke, it's also true. It's a true joke. It's, I, you know, I spend most of my day coming up with these ideas and she shoot down almost 99% of them. And you know, my 1% get through. Uh, but she's the one that makes everything happen. She's the one that making sure everybody be paid on time. She's the one that makes sure everything is, is it's just running and functioning. And she's just been so important, you know, not just to me, but to, to this entire operation. Uh, that's why we call her boss lady, you know, and then she got her little mini boss down there, Elise. Uh, so, and Elise been with us before we even opened. Like when it was just a thought in my head and I came and I did, Elise was like, hey, I'm on board. And she's been with us ever since. Honestly, I don't think I can do it without her. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I could run my own life without it. Like, I don't like to live by schedule. I don't write, I don't write nothing down. <laughs> so every day I wake up, my schedule is based off what I feel like doing at that moment. But my wife is like, schedule, 
And she's like, come up to me, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And her honeydew list is long. And I'm like, all right, how can I get her honeydew out the way so I can get back to my schedule of doing whatever? <laughs> uh, so she's very important, and I don't think I would be here without her. So. And I know your wife is very important to you, and, and she's pretty much running the business too. I'm going to kick that question right back to you about that importance. I think that all um, owners of any business, so as we, we are talking about beers, but in any business, the concept is the same thing. If you do not um, love like what you're doing... Like this. You know, yeah, he's, he's yeah. drinking the Lola <laughs> Belgian. Yeah, Lola yeah. Belgians, I named it, my mom's name was Lola. Everybody called her Birdie. But let, we'll get back to my the women in our lives. Um, first thing, you got to have passion for whatever business you got to go in. And second of all, you got to have someone to have your back. Okay, it doesn't matter if she, my wife didn't shoot me down um, as much as his wife, because she is, my wife was the cheerleader of our brewery. We would have not have been able to open and have all the customers we had if it wasn't for my wife um, cheerleading the clientele while we built the, the brewery. And even today, her strengths are, is out there talking to the people. She is fun. She's like, she hates me saying cheerleader because she, th- she thinks cheerleaders are like this thing, but she is. She is well, you could think of someone to rah-rah you with, with all her heart. That's my wife. Uh, my other part of my wife is she has my back. It doesn't matter what we do um, or what I decide to do at the brewery or I decide to do in our life. Um, we do it as a team. And lucky like Tim, um, his children are still at home. My children are grown up. Um, I have six children, um, three, three girls and three boys. And, you know, each six one of them, kids. yeah, six kids. Damn. You know, and they all have, like, Islander names. And in Hawaiian, it's Kua Ipu. But, he, you know, the white people and then even Tim, my buddy, he calls me Ku all the time. Now, today, under Mike, he has to try to say Kuipo. That's the white, white person in him. But we want to, you know, be serious about things is, if you really listen to this, you know, podcast, um, we do this because we have passion in this stuff. Tim has passion. You, you, you don't do it because oh, I'm going to make a lot of money or I want to be the best shoemaker or whatever. But if you don't have passion for making shoes, you're not going to, you're not going to succeed. So I tell young people, and I tell them the first thing you need to do is have passion in what you do. It doesn't matter if you're building computers. It doesn't matter if you're making lighting. If you're building buildings, if you don't have any passion, it'll disappear um, real quick. But in relationships, um, I've seen Tim's wife. Um, she's, uh, she's more active. Tim's very much like me. Um, but I don't have anybody. I'm on top of the chair. So I have more employees that put their hands on me, like my controller, like, don't be doing that. You know, <laughs> you know don't do that till next month. You know, um, but uh, my wife is more like the people person. She'll, she'll tell me, look at it, what the, pe- the employee is looking at. Um, so I now today, she, my wife will tell you, I'm a lot kinder, nicer. I probably, I was not as kind and nice to Tim um, when I first met him. And what I mean nice is today, I probably don't say anything about his business. You know, I just congratulate him on such an awesome thing he's done. Um, and then say to him, I, you know, I, I, I'm very proud of him. Thank you, thank you. And so if you can have people standing around you that go, I'm very proud of you, you know, I think we have succeeded in what we do. Um, and Tim's probably got customers that do the same thing to him as I have customers that come in to me and say, you know, we so love your place, you know. We are, 
or they haven't been there for a couple of years because of the pandemic or whatever, and they come back. Oh my God, I think I, they gave birth at my brewery or something because they have this love for what we have done and grown and got bigger and just something like Tim. He's got um, today, I was throwing there, a couple of his friends came today. And it makes him realize that um, there's more than just a brewery, but there's also these friends that have been his friends for life. That's what the brewery industry does to you. If you treat your customers um, like family, they are very good to you. Very good, yeah. You reminded me of a, a couple that they, they met at the brewery. They got engaged at the brewery. Man. He was a Marine, so he's out in Florida. And every time there's like there's an update, they make sure they let us know and send us pictures. And we got now we got these pictures of collages of them really that they sent us while they in Florida. You know, him and the Marines. They now they have a family with a baby on the way, and and they became like family. You know, uh, just by coming through the brewery. So you're absolutely right about that. Uh, I'm gonna switch it just a little bit because I'm drinking this beer over here. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> and we, we we got we, we got to talk about this beer. Yeah, this this smells amazing. It has a beautiful Belgian nose to it. I personally like a little bit more smoking. Like I like the smoked beers. I, so this this is right up my alley. It just comes in just enough. It's well balanced. Was that your beer review? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I'll throw a little curve into them. Um, er, um, we have two brewers, Eric, and then we got Frank. And, and um, Frank started off as a cellarman, and he always wanted to be a brewer. But he was award-winning in the quaff as uh, smoky beers. So almost every beer you'd make, it was like a smoky tendency. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we all know in our clientele, probably 99.4% of their clientele aren't really smoky beer drinking. But yeah. if you want to win an award... Um, Getting to you guys out there in the quaff, if you're listening, uh, make a smoky beer because there's not a lot out there, and, but a quality beer. I mean, and so I gave him, we made a Belgian before, and, and a couple years ago, he got to drink it. Um, I love Belgians. And so, but I knew that I'd turn into a true alcoholic if I made this Belgian every time because I'd want to drink it every day and at, you know, like 10%, right. um, we are sliding down a slippery slope. Yeah. Well, this one right here is a, um, I think it's 5.6%. Single is a strong Belgian, but that we want to be a reddish smoky flavor. Um, and, and that's what's his strength. Yeah. And that comes through beautifully. It's that yeah. little bit of like fruity esters yeah. just balanced perfectly yeah, balance with that out, smoke. Yeah. And you definitely catch that smoke. Yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah. And, 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 and it is true. It, I mean, probably when she made me a, a great burger today from, I ate a burger today from Chula Vista Brewing in East Lake. I'm doing a little <laughs> pin out here for him. For those of you um, who are you know, But I just had a burger, and it, it was the freshest burger I've ever ate. Um, and it was uh, it, outstanding. But this beer right here. Would have been a great beer to drink with that burger. Well, I need to get it on top. <laughs> yeah. Give me a keg. You got Just it. Make sure you don't send me the invoice. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, and I'm not, we ain't going to say that reason why he said that. So he's not going to be saying that. But, <laughs> but in reality, um, what we'll probably do is maybe we'll do a collaboration on it, you know, and then, 
and uh, you know that way we'll split the batch and we both well, be happy. We, we long overdue for a collab. Yes, by the way. we've been talking about collaboration for, for like forever. five but you, years. But you don't really do collaboration. I don't do it. I'm, I, I'm at 100% capacity in my brewery, so to throw another beer in there, and I've done a couple of collabs with um, a local brewery, and it, it's sad that we made some really great beers that in production could have been really great beers. But because they didn't see the sight of how great the beer was. And, and so I kind of like have pulled back on even thinking about collab. Now, Tim, I'll give, you, I'll give Tim my word that James does a collab with Frank. It'll take me about six months to put it in the schedule. And I think it'll probably be really truly, we'll probably come back on the radio next year and, and talk about it because um, we'll probably make it. But if we can make one in like maybe September... Uh, this coming year, I'll right. make like maybe a, uh, a I want to make a fun light beer, something that you know that we can shock our clientele saying, like, Wow, I can't believe that that's that beer it is. We can definitely do that, and James can do really good beers. I am, I, I can't tell Tim how much I'm impressed after he hired him and I came down and drank a beer down there that Tim made. I thought, you know, and my son, I'm gonna let him throw my son in there, is is the cheerleader to me about getting to know Tim. We're going to, we're going to slip another beer in there in a little bit. Um, so we don't burn up everybody's time, but the beer guy over here, I want to ask him a question uh, real quick. And, it, and, and, and it's about, you it's feel a, free to jump in anytime. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. And we're, 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 we're going to let him introduce himself again. Um, since me and Tim have been like hogging the mic. Because All good. I love I'm going to, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish my beer. Um, one of the great things I, I've seen with Tim is, and, and it kind of inspires me, and he doesn't understand that um, as much, uh, is that I've always, and this is, I'm going to say it on the mic, I've always wanted to merge with Tim, only because we actually have really a similar personality in the sake is that, you know, of how we want to treat our business. Um, but when you're younger, and he's a little younger than me. You know, a lot. Yeah, a lot. I mean, he said grandfather. It'd be like grandfather. You might look at me and say, oh, you can't be his grandfather. But you know what? I, I am. Um, but he, but I will say that to him. I'd be his dad. His, his enthusiasm for, for his clientele, enthusiasm for trying to think out of the box is what's going to continue our, our industry. As you all know, uh, Molson Coors, InBev, um, Constellation, I mean, all these monsters, they can't have what we have. You know, we have souls, you know, we make these beers, we get them out to you guys that are fresh, um, you have fun drinking them. Um, it's, it's, it's an amazement um, that, you know, those guys are fighting so hard to put us out of business. And, and so don't think, and I, I'm going to probably be the only negative thing I'll say about this because about three more beers, I'm going to probably be slurring my words. Um, so I'll have to go like, Tim, you got the mic. You know, well, <laughs> but I will tell you that by supporting any craft business, you are showing the love to the individuals that work hard to make beers. Um, and it doesn't matter what, what name you drink, as long as it's a craft beer, a local produced craft beer. So when you're out there and you want to go do something, I'll get off my high horse now. But I will say, you, I, people come to me and go, like, I was just at this brewery and we thought we'd come here. I am so proud of these young people today 
that grew up in craft beer business now, and they come to your brewery at 25 years old, and all they've been drinking is craft beers. So if you can't think that that's not what is great about our industry, people drink, and I'm not going to use bad words, other people's beers, other other, other beers, um, that they drink it because of volume or they're thirsty or whatever. They have no really loyalty to them. Um, They just drink it because it was cheaper, whatever the price was. The people that drink craft beers, they have loyalty to craft beers. Um, we saw it in Ballast Point when, when Constellation bought Ballast Point and Jack White, I know where you live. I mean, I would have took that billion dollars. Yes. I, I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, I mean, I am not going to get into that um, conversation. I mean, we but we, that you know, dollars. but, you know, in the reality of it, you know, um, that is like a payday to great things that, you know, Ballast Point did. But it's great to see Kings and Convict take it back into the craft beer industry. And I'll give them credit. They were really nice coming out of the, another story, coming out of the pandemic. Um, we were, you know, it was hard to get yeast and, and, and money-wise. Everybody was really tight. And so here, here it came along. We, we talked to um, the operations manager at Ballast Point, and he said, come down. We've got yeast for you. Bring your keg, drop them off, and we'll fill them up. And that was from the two guys that own Kings and Convict. It's like, take care of the crap industry. That did not happen under Constellation. And, and so for the first two or three months, four months, um, all the beers that we were all ramping up, they were homegrown Ballast Point, let's say Cali yeast, all came from Ballast Point. So be out there drinking Sculpin, be out there drinking their beers, because it's back in to... Um, a craft beer um, location, and, you know, and, and those are people that, to me, they had no reason, and this is the beer industry, they had no reason to share yeast to me. They had no reason to do that. And so this year, and I'm going to tell you about sharing yeast, all of 2021, we bought yeast one time. Yeah, I haven't bought much yeast. Uh, we get a lot of our yeast from uh, Pizza Port. Uh, Barnett Times took us up. Uh, then we share it with other breweries. Uh, yeah. When it's available, we we small, so... Yeah. Uh, and it's all about timing too, you know. So, like a few times he called me for yeast, but the yeast wasn't coming out for a week, and he needed it then. See, and so, that ties it nice back into that camaraderie that you talked about so totally. right. so eloquently is about. And then you just lead him to hey, I think these people got yeast, yeah. or you, you know, it's uh, when you're small brewery, you could get away with that. Yes. <laughs> and and you know, and when you're looking at, you know the yeast that you know the bigger tanks make yeah so you know a lot of the smaller breweries you know their their yeast they could use is in a crowler like 64 ounces or maybe in half of that right you know um in a, of a growler you do bigger batches you're going to need bigger batches of yeast well to them like to say stick ballast point right now people don't understand that's the back end of our business is that they got a small tank to them is 180 barrels yeah. their big ones are you know 360. Well, when they put yeast in there, they're going to come out with, you know, thousand pounds of yeast. And so they... Going down the drain. Yes. And so to say to us that they're going to give us a couple kegs of yeast, um, which is 31 and a half gallons of yeast, two of those, that now we're going to be able to brew, you know, four or five beers off of that with no cost because one of our biggest things coming out of the pandemic was cost. But it was a blessing that this whole last year I bought and one yeast, and it was a Belgian yeast. And, and, and the rest of the time, somebody was making um, a lager, um, you know, uh, St. Archer, and, um, and they make a lot of lagers, yeah. and they would just, like, say... About, I don't know about lagers anymore, but... Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you, I... <laughs> it, 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 took, it took me... It took me... 
we're, we're going into dry yeast. I haven't talked to Tim about that, but, um, but one of the things that we have done is that it took me five years to make a lager. And I'll be honest. So if you're listening, it, it, it takes ownership a long time to switch from your primary beers that you make, like a light ale, which is like our honey blonde. Um, to so why be, is that? Um, we don't make a lot of lagers. I know why we don't make a lot of lagers, but I'm, I'm guessing it's the same feeling. And I think sometimes it's because, you know, we've been around. And just like Tim, you know, he's been, he's been around for, for, for five years, a little more than five years. I've been around more than eight years making beers. And... You know, we are married to certain things. You know, we're married to IPAs. We're married to certain kind of beers. So I think a honey blonde is like a light beer to me. Well, it built our industry, that light beer. So it built my business, uh, was a blonde. Um, and then when we started making lager, I finally made a lager. And the reason why is because I couldn't make the blonde fast enough. And, and so we were either running out and having riots at the brewery from our customers that had been drinking Honey Blonde for six years or so, and, and they'd moved from, you know, domestic beers. Yeah, yeah. So in that reality of that, we made our first lager, which is Shore Patrol, and we'll, we'll talk about it later. It's, it's a Navy thing, and, and we named that beer after that. We're coming out with another new one. It's called Liberty Risk. Um, and the reason why it hasn't come out, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to. I'm going to tell you, it's it going to be a double. It, no, it's going to be a single. You it's going to be call it Liberty Risk and be a single. Oh, it's Liberty Risk. It, here's what it is meant. That reason why we're going to call it Liberty <laughs> Risk is because it's going to be a 7.9 um, percent. Okay, so you're right si on the edge. Yeah, we're right All on right. the edge, and and but it's going to be a hopped over beer. So it's going to be a. a it's going to have a couple of we um, known hops in it, but we're going to hop over with Amarillo. So we're gonna give it a smoothness. So it is the most loving. I, it, it, wrong, I know. But me, me and Tim probably are the biggest fans on Amarillo because if I can find some, I always sell it out to him. But I mean, it's it's a very expensive hop. In that reality of, of, of a beer, is that I do that a lot. I like hop over. Um, I did a Nelson Southern Seas because Southern Seas is where the Nelson comes from. And if you're in the brewery industry, you know that's what. He, so we we have the beer that we call it Southern Seas Nelson, and but it's it's 85 percent Nelson and 15 percent Amarillo. And the reason why I do that is to give it a hop over smooth taste, so it's not so IBU or bitters or IBUs um, that it doesn't bitter back to you so hard. It, it's like smoothing a drink and go, whoa, that was good, but it it it, it, yeah. it, it bitter, and that's what Amarillo does. Yeah, you just brought up some. I think. I honestly think there's a change going on in San Diego that pretty much already happened. The IBU wars are... Well, well, I remember back then, you know, like the FPA first started going crazy. Yeah, we was going super bitter. I mean, it was like drinking yeah. a tree. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you was, you was no kidding drinking a tree bark. And yeah, lick, was, go out and lick a pine tree. And now... No, piney. I think a lot of us, I think before, even before the hazies, we were going to a lot of more where it needed to be smoothed out and... Not so much of that. You still get a lot of hops, but yeah. not. I'm not so barky. Yeah. And now it's just all of fruit punch. <laughs> um, do you feel like it's going that same way? I think that we lost a lot of enthusiastic breweries that would would that came from the quaff. And if you don't know what quaff is, look it up. 
um, some of the top um, owners and brewmaster. Words, you know. They they came from the quad. Well, well you like old enough. You was, you, you was running around with King Arthur and stuff. Yes, so. I, I was running. I was running around when King Kamehameha <laughs> was still alive. You know, you know. So so King Kamehameha might have been old, but he was still standing on that four foot, you know, um, wide, you know, you know, nine nineteen foot long board. Uh, made out of koa wood, but I'm just kidding. But I've been around for a while. I've been uh, in that ex- excitement about what we're saying is the beer industry has evolved a lot. And so I'm finding out right now we make the kind, which is, a, we call it old school IPA, and we can it. Um, it is in- in- insane over since we came back from the pandemic is that the sales of it have like triple through the roof, yeah. Because now I'm I make Beachside, which is a I would say right above a session. It's not a session, but it's a little higher. That's a single hop Simcoe um, beer, and I and I bring it. I'm leaving the beers for you to drink, okay? So, um, but the Simcoe Beachside, we started canning it, and so but when we made we started doing the big cans right there, 16s. Yeah. That's that's the kind, and the kind is old school. So it's amazing how many people come in and want to drink an old school IPA. They want a nice, clean, you know, you know, we call it the 3C beer, like we said earlier, an Oregon, Washington based beer that we started when we first started. It was Centennial, Chinook, you know, and Cascade. Um, And the greatest thing is the hops are really reasonably priced. And um, and but in the reality of it, it tells you what an IPA those those hops have been around. Since Indian pale, the you know Indian pale ales were from India, um, and and so I will I will say that in the reality is if you're not a if you're not a brewery that doesn't have an old school beer on tap, it's time to keep an old school beer on the tap because you're going to get back those people that were drinking beers eight years ago and seven years ago that grew into drinking Sierra Nevadas and and you know and some of the strong stone beers. Uh, um, and we're not talking about Arrogant Bastard, but some of the other ones. Even they're, you know. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because we threw that. Have you had that Sir Edmund? I haven't. We had the Sir Edmund on there. It, it's more of a New Zealand type IPA, but it, it was, if you taste it, it's really a throwback to the old school IPAs. Yeah. And people crushed it. Yeah. And they just crushed it. See, I think it's all like a wave because people are getting tired of, a little bit tired of that hazy, that, that bigger kind of more chewy-ish, and they just want that's still that chew, but more of that bite that those hops and a little of that malt profile provided versus more of the fruity aspect that more of the hazies are coming out. This Before time. you jump in, our our little moderator over here, I want to let him talk about some feelings because we look at it as owners, okay? We're, we're, yes, you know, we know how the brewery operation is, but we look at it as Ownership. So I have three things I have to look at in beer. So I have to look at what the clientele is looking at. I got to look at um, what the cost of that beer is and what's going to cost me an overall to make it, you know, and how fast I'm going to turn that beer. So those are like the four things that an ownership does. But we're going to turn the beer thought over to our moderator here, our little coordinator here, I and I want I want him to He's say. Been trying to be quiet. Is this yeah, and he is. I, He's been I'm really quiet. The story. It's, <laughs> so, it's nice to see so, the different aspects. So I want him to have an opportunity to tell, and I I want to absorb some of that knowledge that you have inside your your head um, about 
what type of beers would you like to see today? Not what we've already done. What would you like to see? And it's okay if we have to bring back a beer. I want you to tell me, since you are a beer connoisseur, um, tell us what you'd like to see a brewery have. Why you don't sweat? You look like you sweat. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm here All for the right. fire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I per- like I was saying earlier, I love the smoked beers. I'm a home brewer myself. Shout out to Quaff. I am a member. I need to show up to a couple meetings. My bad. Um, but I, I am a member, and so I have gained a lot of knowledge from being part of that. And my mo- my favorite beer that I brew at home is like uh, in between a smoked brown and a smoked porter. And I enjoy that. That's why I really enjoy these. I'm, like you said, 97%, 94%, if even that, don't really enjoy that. But it's nice to have a little bit of more variety that you don't see as often. Um, and I think right now, a little bit of that, like a, that nostalgia factor is coming back around for especially some of our newer beer drinkers. Uh, I've been a little before legal age, but under the table. But uh, yeah, I've been drinking from craft beer for pretty much my entire life, like you were saying, my uh, legal age drinking time. And it's those beers that we used to drink. Or we used to see our, fa- our family drink, our I mean, grandpa's but drink. We don't, we don't have to pretend like... We didn't start drinking until we were 20. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, actually, I, I can actually say I didn't start drinking beer until I was 21. Yeah, you old. told me that story. Yeah. Right? I was like, I didn't I drink beer. And me and him are the same thing. I probably didn't start drinking beers. Um, maybe sampled into a beer here and there. I didn't drink beer, so I was probably almost late 20s, maybe getting close to 30. Um, no, I wasn't drinking at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. And beer, I was, yeah, alcohol. Yeah. No, I was more like, to be honest with you, I love Mexican food. Who doesn't like the Mexican food? <laughs> I mean, um, Come on. I mean, and no matter where you're at, in what part of the country. Um, I, mean, I think we need to stick, identify what is true Mexican food, though. Um, because I'm married to a Mexican, and true Mexican food is tortillas and beans every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And, and uh, you know what? Our potato tacos. You know, you really know that oh, somebody's yeah, from potato, potato tacos. <laughs> you know that that yeah. person's from from down south of Mexico, yeah. where you know. My wife loves potato yes, tacos. Yes, I am the same way. I learned from a guy that grew up in uh, in Mexico City, and so you know he made my first ceviche that was you know homemade, and then from then you know because I don't eat raw raw seafood. Anything come out of the ocean, I don't what? want to eat raw. Well, I oh, eat raw, like sashimi, stuff like that. We're talking about, you know, lime cooked, you know, like shrimp and, and you know, fish. Now, when it comes to sashimi, or maybe our next show is going to be on on raw fish because I love raw fish. Um, so don't don't hint to that. I mean, I'll, if he caught a tuna right off the boat, I wouldn't be kitchen it. I would be filleting it already. And I'd already make little rice balls. I make little rice balls, rub them and and and, and um, uh, sesame seed with a, with a little bit of wasabi, and I roll them in like that. So you throw a fish in, you bite the little rice ball, you throw a fish in. So, I mean, why waste all that time and make a fancy sushi roll when your tummy don't know what it is? No, I am that dude. I make little rice balls, and I make a, uh, I take a soy sauce and, and, and wasabi like you do mixing when you yeah, eat sushi. Spot, yeah. yeah. And, and then, but I roll the balls in them, and then I take 
um, black and, and white sesame, and then I roll them in them, and then we just put them in roll, you know, put little lines of them, you know? And then you're like, you're one piece at a time, fast as we can cut it, we're eating it. So yeah. I, I don't want to get away from like raw fish. I meant like raw shrimp, you know? I mean, and, you know, but I did learn. I will agree with you on the shrimp. I do like my shrimp. So. Yes. But I, I mean, I like ceviche. I love yeah. ceviche. And, and, and I think that sometimes there's fun food with beer. All, one of the great things that we, we forgot and this what we're doing with is that we realize that there's a beer is part of the palate that you're eating. It's not just the beer. Um, a great thing is like that. If you took a like a blood orange um, um, beer and you decide I want a blood orange and you want to clean your palate for it, it's a great beer to drink with like sushi. Because you drink it, and that blood orange will like rinse your palate out, and then you're ready to put another piece in you. In that next piece, you actually taste it. Yeah. Or if you take a wild lager, is really good with Mexican food, is especially a dark lager um, that you're rinsing your palate out each time you ate it. And so the fun part of, of, of eating is the combination of the drinking. Um, like you know, I, I I think that we all love to eat. Food, and there are certain beers that go really good with beer food. And one of um, the beers that Tim will tell me every time I come to his brewery, and and I try to I like it down more, but I'm gonna throw a thing out because he's my son Aloha Lealoha is one of his little buddies, and he you know so I find out all everything that's going on between Tim and Third Avenue and stuff, um, and my son. And one of the things is I really love the family. Thing. And, and when I asked you like about a beer and what you like, um, it, it, it makes me, that's why we have the smoky yeah. beer, is because my brewer likes smoky, yeah. like we said earlier. You know, I mean, I would have never thought about making, you right. know, I wanted to make it like a more of a red, you know, um, but he said, you know, let me make it. And I said, go for it. Um, the, the issue that we have today is getting people to drink those beers. Because back in the day when I could only have three to four beers on all the time, and Tim, you've been in that mode too, where you're getting your butt whooped on some more, you can't get the beers out fast Still enough. Whooped, you know? And, and I'm lucky now today, we put a few more tanks in and stuff. So, you know, we kind of catch that, you know, we, we know what we got to do. Now, yes, do we run at 100%? Yes. Um, but we, we know the beers that we can make. Even now, we take our big system and we make eight barrel batches. And we put them in there. Now we do pressure um, yeast control. So we put everything under pressure. So two, three, two days, Boop, it's done. And so you can get that beer out really pretty quick within five to seven days. That beer's in the tank. So we, that way they get a taste of a beer. Like if we were going to do a porter. I haven't done a porter. I did a coconut and a, and a, and a, por- and, and a regular porter. We did a, um, um, but it's been like four or five years. It's because of the aging of the beer, like saying, and, and, and I'm going to let you talk about that a little bit, yeah. you know, that, you know, certain beers that we want to drink, it, we want to sell in, you know, two or three months, keep as a brewery. You're talking um, about Belgiums is actually taste better. Let, let it, let it go. There you go. And, and, and browns get better and stouts get better. You know, right. there's beers now. We start getting into um, lagers. It can be in the can for, you know, for years. You know, a lot of people don't even realize that, like, those type of beers is actually better drinking at room temperature. Yeah, totally. So, like, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, this. This beer right here has been getting better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not because you've been getting drunker, which we are. 
But it's because the room, the temperature is dropping. It's not as cold. So yeah. You get more of the flavor out. Yeah, the flavor. After you got to drink through. cold. Yes. If you if you don't drink that cold, it's about nasty as a fucking whatever. I don't care how good the IPA is. Yeah, you drink no. it hot. Warm you don't IPA. Want it. Right. Yeah, and I and I think you know I I have to agree totally with him. I mean, there's beers like I I used to drink like you know the Michelob Dark, you know yeah. Amberbach. Because you get, it got warm, you can still drink it. Yeah. You know, right. you know, if you filled half the bottom, you're going to drink the rest of it. You know, any others, you're going to throw the beer away. Yeah. Well, um, I, I agree with the dark, the dark beers. I mean, if you, and, and that's what we do. With our, if we do Nui Pia, which is our, our kind of a, a dark we make. I mean, you don't even get to drink it. It's six months old already. You know, I mean, even though it took three months to make it and before we kegged it, but it's in the cooler for another three months. And then it's probably in there for another three or four months, like nine months, because the year before, you know, we pushed back into that area. So you're really actually drinking the beer from almost a year and a half ago. And it, it, but it, you know, everything in it, when you drink that heaviness and the high alcohol, you're getting all that coffee. We do real chocolate nips in it. So you're getting this chocolate coffee. It's almost like, oh, put this in a candy bar, and I'm going to eat it on the way home. You said yeah. something so important to me about, like, using real chocolate nips and stuff. I, and I think that's where the benefit of being a small brewery comes in, totally. too. Like, I've... I hate when I go into a small brewery and you ask them what they use and they be like, oh, I use this syrup or this. All right, all right. cocoa. Like, they, they go like a Hershey cocoa powder. Like, do, 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 do. Spend an extra couple bucks. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or don't make it. Yeah. Why well, put your name on it? See, that's what my thing is. If your budget allows you to do certain things, we're more than happy to go drink those certain things. Yeah. Because you're going to make the best out of them. I'd rather see you make four beers that are exciting to come and drink, and they're crisp. And if, you'll, if you really go out there and anytime you interview anybody or you drink a beer, if it's not crisp, you're already, like, you're already halfway like, lost. Like I've been to breweries, and like, I've, I've asked them, like, hey, like orange. For us, if we have an orange beer on tap, yeah. we literally threw the orange peel in there. Totally. The yeah. orange peel is in there. Yeah, yeah. You know, so the flavor comes from, the, a lot of people don't realize the flavor actually comes I'm from just, the orange peel. Yeah, actual yeah. ingredient that it's. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really come yeah. from the, the. Yeah, it's not a synthesized, <laughs> yeah, like, it comes it's a from real the ingredient. And so you will sit there, like, we will sit there and peel all the peel, and we have it, and we had a bucket of oranges, then we'll go give it out to the homeless and stuff. For the oranges yeah. to go out because we only use the orange peels. Totally. You know, but you got to remember that in his conversation to us, he's got a soul in his business, okay? And 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 I'm just old school, you know. If my brewers come to me and they sell me on something, that's the way we're making the beer. Okay, I don't give a crap if it costs me 25% more than the other beer. And that's now, just a seltzer. You just yeah, throw that. Yeah. And we do, we do seltzer, so yeah. So no, and, and we aren't going to talk. We know what we're going to do. He's the, a seltzer king, by the way. Yes. Wow. When we go to the next um, one, next next maybe next summer, when we... Um, we have a couple of new beers coming out, and I'd love to bring them to the show. He's um, the only person in San Diego County that makes seltzers that about 10% alcohol. 9.2%. That yeah. is a hefty It's ridiculous. And, but we, we oh, I now. A, I got a fan club. Yeah, they're calling yeah. you. They're calling you. <laughs> so so in, in, the, in the reality of what we talk about is the industry changes all the time. Yeah. yeah. But um, what I, you know, I, I, I really like when you say something about things, um, that's where we get our energy. It's amazing that sometimes, um, maybe the next time we come in, we'll get maybe a home brewer to come in or someone that would love to be a home brewer that drinks craft beer. Um, because as owners, 
that's where we get, you know, we start seeing things that these people already like drinking our beers. Yeah. Right. And then we pick their brain on what they like. Home brewers, to me, built our industry. And if, and if you're a fool to think that uh, Jack White, when he was brewing um, in the Little Mart and making beers, they didn't even have a license to do it at, back in those days. You didn't hear that ABC. But um, <laughs> that he was making beers, and you could go in the back, and he was, you, know, you could drink a beer that were home-brewed. Um, when, you, when you see, um, you know, Thorn Street when they first started home-brewing beers. Brewing on, they, yeah. When they opened up Thorn, it was basically yeah. a legit home-brewing yeah. operation. Yes. Yeah. Right out. Yeah. They were doing a three-barrel, and three-barrel yeah. is literally yeah. something yeah. you could do in your garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so some of the fun places that are still doing it, Division 24, if you get a chance to do it, they're a three-and-a-half-barrel brew house. Now they have seven-barrel tanks, but they have three-and-a-half-barrel brew house. Probably one of the cleanest breweries. I just walked around in Tim's brew house, and I swear this one right here is the cleanest brewery that I've walked into. Yeah, it's new, but it's really nice. Um, I, I, don't give me credit. Get Nacho credit. I, I mean, Nacho <laughs> is his brewer. <laughs> and, and Nacho has a long list of accomplishments and... and the brewery industry, and, and and I know Nacho came here only because of Tim's personality and how he is, because, you know, there's been a couple of brewers I've met over the time. One is Matt, who used to own um, um, the brewery down in Mission Valley called Benchmark, yeah. and which are, you know, he is a master brewer that, I mean, I swear that guy could take um, hops out of the air and turn it into a great beer, um, and now he's at Duckfoot. Um, but the dude, there's certain guys, and not just one of those guys that, you know, he earned the right to make the beer here. And, and, and Tim was smart enough. I don't know how he got him. You know, if he signed family, up to a lifetime, cheated. Yeah, lifetime <laughs> contract or something. But there are certain guys, and those are people that you, when you're out there talking about you want to go drink a beer, it's not about our burgers. It's not about our food. It's not about any of that. It's about a guy that can make great beer. And, and, and cares about the beers that he makes. And, um, you know, um, Eric um, that we have is the same way. He, he can make a drinkable beer. If I said, hey, we got this certain malts back there and everything, I want to get rid of them, he will come up with a recipe that make this beer, and you go like, oh, crap, now I have to buy those malts all again because we've got to make the beer again. What did I buy? <laughs> yeah, you know, what did I do? No, I mean, yeah. they write, you know, sure, they use, you know, beer. So cement. what's his yeah. background? Um, he started off as a home brewer. He worked at two or three other breweries, like, um, oh, there's one downtown. But he worked there. And then he worked at another, another brewery um, that we take a lot of stuff from that you take, where James came from. Peace of yeah, what, oh, Lost Abbey. Lost Abbey. Okay. So he worked at Lost Abbey, you know, for a while. And he started as a seller man, worked his way up, and then a home brewer. Yeah. And then he went to Division 24, like, four, four, almost five years ago. And they're a smaller brew house, but he makes crisp beers. And now he can't, you know, he's at our brewery. Um, and, uh, and, and so, and he still runs up to Division 24 and makes a batch of beers. Well, I asked you that question uh, actually for a reason, because I think we had this conversation before, which I, I've actually... It's just so happy we walked into it. And I remember talking to you, and I told you, I, you was asking me about my brewer and where he came from. And I remember telling you, I was like, you know what, if you ever want to find a great brewer, follow, follow the, the tree. And I remember he looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> he was like, what? If you really think about it, San Diego is, is, is just a tree that branched off into many branches. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can literally Amen. go to 
go from uh, what's the red trolley brand? What's that? Carl Strauss. Carl Strauss. From to Stone. Yeah. From Stone to P Support, P Support to L Smith, uh, all of those. Yeah, they all kind you of. You can literally like follow a web and even even Chula Vista Brewery. My web branches off from P Support. Oh, let me, yeah. Got a new beer coming out. I mean, I need to drink this water. You drink the water. Yeah. That's how you hydrate right. while you exactly. dehydrate. Gotta stay hydrated. Yeah, so you can follow the 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 tree. And then when you actually see, like, great, like, let's look at Modern Times. Modern Times is literally a direct branch from Stone. Yeah. You know, so you can follow those family trees, and you can, it, it, it's, it's no surprise why San Diego is as good as it is because... They started at these like pillars of the industry, and, and, and it's all branches. And we branched off into what I think we had 160 breweries right now, and then really 100, maybe 180 if you count each brewery that got two breweries in San Diego County. So we really is a family, yeah, you know, yeah. like you know, and you could follow that family tree. And you do have those breweries that you like for me, you think just popped up out of nowhere. I didn't just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah. Food just didn't pop up out of nowhere. Like, we've been here, you yeah. know. It's just that for a lot of people, they didn't understand what part of that family tree and where we came from. So. And that's the nice thing, because, again, it all ties back to, that. I think, that whole theme of why San Diego and craft beer are such a, they've, they've had that state power. Is It's all camaraderie. It's all family. Everyone helps each other out if there's a need for something, there's always someone there to step up and help out and that's it. Or lend a hand or they share their ideas, collaborations, partnerships. Oh man, what are we drinking right here? Yeah. Okay, so we just poured a beer that you can't smell, but if you were here you would see the um, our thing is we we can smell it. It's our sunset red. It's one of our original beers. We actually just kegged it like two days ago, so I thought I'd bring a really fresh beer that just hit the kegs. Um, it's one of our, we only make one kind of red. It's not an amber red, like we said. It is a Amarillo-based um, red. And we call it mowing the lawn red. I wanted a full-body red that I could go home and not drink a, an IPA and then fall asleep on the couch. And I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Well, this is what this is. Uh, Sunset Red has got that, you know, full-flavored, uh, maybe a light um, um, smoke taste, but it's really actually more of Amarillo inside of it. And so we call it a hoppy, a hoppy red. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's, you, you tie that name to it because a lot of people think that they're going to drink in a, in a, like a red trolley. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and then they drink this and they go, whoa, you know, because IBUs are a little higher. Yeah. yeah. The, the IBUs are 80. 80. So, I mean, which is really high. Yeah, you, um, yeah. but, but with Amarillo, it really probably tastes like 40, yeah. you know, in reality. And most beers, a little knowledge out there if you're watching this. I, I don't want to cut you off. Can I ask you a question? When people walk into the brewery and ask you what's the IBU, do you just look at them like they're crazy or do you? Here's what I usually like say. Right Here, here's like what I say. Most, <laughs> most beers today, it's, it's, it's um, you know, ABVs. You know, it's not IBUs anymore. But at the same time is, I usually say, what kind of beers you drink? And they say, well, I say, so any beer under 20 IBUs, you're going to be all good. Yeah. So more of saying that, the bitterness under 20, you know. No, but you're not good what I'm saying. Like, like yeah, for, the, me, <laughs> for me, like when I look at beers, I really never look at the IBUs. I pretty much don't care what the color is as long as it's good. 
care about two things, the taste, the style that I want. So if I'm looking for a style, is it a style? Yeah. You know, you know, that's all I care about. I really don't like, all right, uh, well, I really don't, because there are certain beers that's not true to style and don't fit in a certain style, yeah. but may be good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Probably. So I'm not about to sit there, well, it didn't make the IBU profile. And that's what he goes about when you say making the beer to what the people want versus what's competition. Yeah. Because if you, you could make it, like right now we have a English L. That tastes more like a summer ale, but it, the IBU is not there for English ale. Yeah, so it's under twenty, right? So the IBU is not right, but you know, so but it could fit in the summer ale category. So a lot of people don't think about the like. For me, it's like if you a customer when they walk in, like, what's the IBUs? First of all, I don't even remember all the IBUs. Yeah. Like I have a hard time remembering all the alcohol percentage. Yeah. Now you want to hit me into details about every fucking bill we make? It's like. <laughs> Now you fucking with my emotions. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Pinky. So, <laughs> so, so with Tim, when he said that about IBUs, um, it's more of like people that are really in the beer industry, like us. Yeah. And and so we when talk, I, you we, know, we, so we, we they, they got a name. We're beer, 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 beer geeks. geeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, you know, and if you Sorry don't know what it means, that's, that's international. Brandy. That's brandy. You, you that's say brandy. that international <laughs> bitter, you know, units. Well, but in the reality of it, we're not trying to say that we're like this brainaholics on this. It's just that if you go into a brewery, and no matter which brewery you are, and, and, and if you say to them, I don't really like a bitter beer, um, if, you, if they have IBUs listed, and some of them do with their ABV, but it's very seldom anymore that you will see that, um, is that because ABC really just cares about alcohol volume. In reality, though, like Tim was saying that, but IBUs are what um, people say like, the bitters in it, or we call it the bite in it. Yeah. Right. But if you put a, a nice a smooth hop over the top of it, and some of that is Citra, does a great job of doing that. Um, Simcoe does a great job of doing that. They, 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 they mellow off. The IBUs are still 89. Yeah. And they're still right. like, still you know, but you go like, oh, my God, this thing's much like, like 40. Well, one of your favorite beers does that. The, I, I think the Humble does that really well. It was, it's been out. a double. It's a double. Um, Smoothing it out. I think a lot of our, I think part of what we do, a lot of our beers, we smooth out. And we, we don't, we hide the bitterness. Yeah. yeah. Even though the IBUs is up there, it's hidden yeah. within the hops. Yes. That you're not. And there, there's so many hops nowadays. That yeah. And, 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 and I, you know, and I, you know, you know. You're not giving it, I mean, they come out with about 100,000 bit of experimental hops every year. Yeah. So. Yeah. In my, my conversation, we get back in before we, you know, stay on our beer thing. And I think. You know, the next time we come, that we have a couple of people that are you know, customers that can get to drink beers and hear the story so that they can tell us what they think. But in the reality, is like hops. If those hops, aren't, if that hop bush is not three to four years old, five years old, don't even think that I, I want to use it. Because the profile is like a great beer that sat there, like a brown. You made it. Instead of putting it right on, let's say you made a full-body brown. I mean, it's a good, heavy brown. It's not a lighting, you know, I call it like almost like an amber brown. Yeah. Um, you, you, if you don't let it sit for like two or three weeks or so before you can put it on tap or can, can it, let all those flavors set, you know, back to what they should be. It's a chemistry balance. And, and, and Tim will tell you that. 
you you'll put a beer on tap and you drink it and go, it's green. That's it's what I call. Green. Yeah, I call it. I go it's like green. green. So if you see an owner say like it's a green beer, we didn't say it was a bad beer. It needs to be sitting for another yeah, you know yeah, another week, time. you know, or over yeah. like till Friday. And then you drink it and go like, okay, it's getting better. And then you drink it next week and you go, we're on. Yeah. But because of production and things that we do, sometimes we put green beers out there. Um, I'm more the battle of that. I I mean, luckily, like Tim, you know, we're on top of the chair, so it's like you're not putting that beer out until next week. I mean, I know that it's going to be smoother. The hops got a chance to settle in the beer, so they're not all bounced all over the place inside of there. So in in reality, my excitement of drinking somebody's beer, first thing I think is Christmas. If it's crisp, we're on, it doesn't matter what beer it is, it should be crisp. Um, I don't care if it's a lager. Um, The second beer thing that I look at in a beer is if I can... I really look at rings in the glasses. I'm not going to tell anybody that, but they won't know what that is. You're supposed to be looking at the ring in the glasses. You're supposed to be looking for the satin or the the lacing. Lacing, Lacing, right. And I look at it because I want to, you know, see. Beautiful lacing on this one, by the way. And I think that that's the flavor. You can actually see the lacing in the metal cup. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and usually that's when you start. I actually got this from Stone. I mean, not Stone, but um, Russian River. I went to Russian River and they had all these cups. Oh, the metal like ones? this is fucking amazing. Yeah, these are beautiful. but you can't see the beer. But I'm about to show you what's great about these because I, when I was on Russian River and we was out there in the hot ass sun, I needed. I love Russian River. That place is awesome. That sun was hot. There, we was outside on that patio, and yeah. they brought me. And, and honestly, it stayed cold the entire time. Like, but I was dying. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was deaf, but the beer was still, yeah. <laughs> still nice going strong. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I need this cup. We missed this. So, so what is the name of this uh, more hoppy? It's it Sunset Red. Sunset Red. Okay. You know, so it's a hoppy red. We yeah. call we call it. But it's called Sunset Red. We it'll be back in 16 ounce cans. So all our a lot of our old school beers. You do most of your cans uh, 12 ounce. 12 ounce. All but right. we do like you see like the kind is in 16s. We do um yeah, Mobetta in 16. Do you? About we do yeah. versus the 12s. Yeah. yeah. 12s. I'm, I'm, I'm a big 16 ounce yeah. fan. Yeah. And and I and my I started with bottles and yeah. then I went to you know to 16s. But I, I I always chopped it up as he's a lightweight. He's an old man. No, no, no. He's elderly. He shouldn't be drinking no more than 12 ounces at a time. He can he drink gotta, as big as cells, cells, cells. We're giving him the 19s now. So I mean, if you can see that, our our our, 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 our I really like your collars. I was gonna bring that up. Those are really nice. Your yeah. collars got yeah. really nice. So you don't yeah. you don't have the candies. You just screw them on top. No, screw it on top, and it's no waste. Yeah. And one of the big things about the crawler, you know, seamer, yeah. is that you threw away 20 percent of your cans. Yeah, because yeah. you no, you're busy. You're you're talking. You're talking. Letting you're taking people to understand that you're taking staff from counter pouring, getting the beers to the customer as they're trying to seam beers. Yeah. Well, yeah. You you can never and get and these are reusable. You know that they bring them back. You can just you know they'll wash them. They can wash them and they, yeah. they can. Right. So the new this crawler can. So in the reality of this is, uh, I'll send you the info. I had a seamer, so I tell you, and and I spend a grand. With the cans and the seamer, because back then you had to order a pallet like of them. And I, every night, I would see, like, maybe they did 19 crawlers, okay? And I'd see, like, six or seven in the trash, you know? And I'd be like, and it was because it got crushed or, they, you know, they didn't take it off in time or whatever. Yeah. So I just stopped. I actually sold it to another brewery. I'm glad you're still using it. And the cans. And, um, well, I gave. I remember the one I gave away. Gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were doing yeah, the Yeah, you were doing Man. the sixteenth. Uh, it was just too much work. Yeah. It was and like and that's the work. same thing with these seamers. But as we talk about the crawler can, yeah, 
Um, it, it's recyclable, which is great to our environment. Yeah, that's always nice. Second of all, it is it's reusable, so they can bring it back in and just reuse it. The other second thing to this whole um, thing that we're dealing with, it gives somebody the opportunity, like canning and stuff like that. It gives you often to get the freshest beer. You know, if you, I went in your brewery. I guarantee you that his beer was made within a week or two before, and I can put it in a container. And not a not a glass container in a in a stainless steel I mean an aluminum um, can, um, and I get to go home and just have it, have it. So it's it's really a safety thing at our brewery. Yeah, that's what cans have done. It's like you'll come in and have like Mobetta, like you're humble, and then the guy will go and buy a four pack. Yeah, um, or he'll get one of these. So he knows that I can only drink one or two because I got to drive home. But then he'll 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 yes, buy a thirty two, yeah. And so that has helped our industry in a way. It, one of the things is this, you know, in our industry, um, is that, you know, I can bring beers that just came, you know, we just yeah, came just out fresh with, off the top. you know, and I can just pour it. So he made a Belgian really good. Talk about your Belgian. Uh, we, a black yeah, bottle. we got a, we got a couple bell. We got the black bottle. Got one, one behind you. Oh, the black bottle. Oh, that's the that's, that's the new. That's barrel. I have I have two of those. That's barrel. I, I still have two of them in my cooler at home. I got I came to his place and brought him beers and I took like six of them out of his cooler, <laughs> and, and and he gave it to me. But I mean, I'm saying I took them. No label, no labels on them. James, James gave, gave them to me, <laughs> and and I know that he, he would let, still would have got them. But yeah, and and he would have still I would still got them. But I tried one and oh my god. You know, want to talk about a, a quality Belgian? Yeah. You know, and this is from another company. Um, so I got like six of them. They no labels on them. I took the ones that you ran out well, of labels. Well, you know I had no labels, right? You ran it's out of actually, labels. No, no, I didn't have the labels. That, they um, came late. I got, the, the labels came way late. Yeah. So actually, uh, so I made it uh, for Kobe. I literally sent him the bottles without the labels. I was like, I ain't got the labels. I just sent them the bottles without the labels. Yeah. He still ain't got the labels. So I just got the, so the labels came in. They were so big. It literally wrapped the whole bottle. I'm like, bro, like, this ain't the first time you made labels for me. It's been like a five-inch label around yeah. there. I'm like, what is, what is this? Like, that's not even the size I sent you. So he, he reprinted them all for free, but you're talking about another three-week yeah, wait time. So I still feel bad for Kobe because I sent them just a blank bottle. <laughs> well, you know what? That bottle that he used, that bottle, and he dipped and it and waxed. Gonna, he actually, um, he's, so he's still sitting on them because he was supposed to bring it out this Christmas. But since we didn't have the labels, he's going to sit on them. So he actually going to, I think it's going to taste better because it's a Belgian. Yeah, and it's, it's going to sit for a whole year. And, and it was barrel aged already. So I'm going from here to Third Avenue um, to La Vista Brewing, a brewery, and I'm going to get some more Belgian because I have one bottle. I've been saving it, and I've been saving it. It's probably a good I got a bottle right seven, here. eight months old. But I mean, it's a black bottle, and I'm going to tell you that, that it, be. yeah, it's like seven months old. This bottle? No, the black bottle, the ones that I got. Not eight they we just did it. No, 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 no. That's that. No, that the other black bottle the original, before that, the, the original, original one. I got the ones from the original one. The one, and the reason why I knew you had it is I went across the street to one of your, your one of the retailers that you oh, sell you're it to. Talking about the, uh, the black bottle, Belgian. Well, they, all my bottles are black. Yeah, but they, I mean, that was your original one. That not, I, not just because yeah. I'm black, but yeah, it is because I'm black. But you hear that? I want to make them. <laughs> I'm going to make them white really quick. Okay. <laughs> I think and, and you know what I will say to him is, 
They're beautiful bottles. When, when you, when you drink there. beers, it's never about color because I'm, br- <laughs> I'm brown too. I'm Hawaiian and Irish. But in the reality, one of the great things about breweries, it's never about race, color, um, girls, boys. It's all about making beers. I mean, sure. and, and, and if you really, as a young person, or you hear this and you want to get in the industry, yes, you have to earn your way into the industry. Maybe get certified, get become uh, Cicerone trained. But you will make money and you'll do something that you can carry for the rest of your life. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a, a, a young person. I don't care if you're a little older person, what color you are. It's all about making beer. We just want people that want to come in and make great beers, want to keep getting better and better at what they do, um, and understand that as owners, um, we love drinking beers. But most of the beers that we have seen in this industry, especially in Southern California, Southern California, I mean, makes some freaking awesome beers. Yeah, we do. I mean, I mean, and and I'm I'm gonna throw you out a thing about the quaff. Oh, so anything a quaff does, home brewers, you're eccentrics. And um, in reality, is the heart of our business. And I think that your next. I think they keep you grounded. Yes, I, and I think sometime maybe the next time, you know, we we get together and and it's a pleasure to come down and see him. Uh, I mean, I couldn't say um, anything um, about um, Tim. I'm very proud of him. Um, I think we get a couple of uh, home brewers um, to bring beers and let us sit back and talk about those beers. For me, you just brought up something that's kind of important. So, uh, which we haven't touched on this entire podcast. I mean, we, we talked about it, you Hawaiian. Obviously, most people know I'm black. Brandy, Brandy, I am, I am hundred percent white, pretty much. Right. I'm like, you definitely I'm a Eastern Europe mutt, just yeah. a mix of that. Side. Irish, everything. You got yeah, just Irish, Viking, Polish, Scottish, Denmark. Right. You know, anything in Eastern Europe. Just. But for you, like I, you know, like I know I'm the only black-owned brewery in San Diego County. But you, there's, there's no other Hawaiian brewery. I did in want San to Diego County yeah. as well. Every time someone comes to me, the first thing they come to me is about, hey, you know what, I'm black, I want to be in the brew game. And the first thing, and in my head, it has nothing to do with you being, color has nothing to do with you being in the And I agree 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, it's like, all right, if you want to be in the business scene, like, first of all, why are you waiting for someone to let you in right. into something that you're passionate about? First of all, you let yourself through the door. Yeah, you yes. get what I'm saying? If yeah. that's what you're passionate about, right. you open up the door and say, this is what I'm going to do. No, and, and I but, agree I, mean, I agree with Tim 100%. You know, uh, if you go in the doorway and you're first, you know, if the person's not going to open the door for any kind of a color issue, um, you probably don't even need to waste your energy on, right. on saying that. But in the brewery industry... You know, I mean, I remember when girls started cracking in, you know, five, six years ago, you know, and they have some of the, they have some, women, yeah, and we have some, you know, women. Gr- are women, um, but are coming through the door um, that are making some great beers. Now, yeah, we, we, we got to backtrack on that, because if you really study the history of women in beer, they were the first beer makers. 
Holy. Because women used to make the beer, so women was the first beer makers. Because it was and a, they, it was a, you know, got to remember beer and yeast. They're like bread and like making bread, you know, making <laughs> making bread and stuff like that. Well, it's a very similar process. Yeah. And and but when when we get back to, um, no matter who you are, I get many people that come in and talk to me. I I want to do this or that, you know, and I probably shoot them down because they don't have the right uh, planning. Um, not because of what they are, but I can tell you, like, like, you know, my my brewer that's been with us now for three and a half years. Um, he came in as a cellarman. He was a home brewer, and 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 that's all they would allow him to do. Okay, he cleaned kegs, filled kegs, uh, delivered kegs, you know, transported kegs, and and but he had this passion about about um, being a brewer. So I took Matt, and I tell you, his benchmark. Paid him a god awful amount of money, and he came in and trained him. It was an investment in somebody that I thought could be a brewer. And now, three and a half years later, I can't find anybody more loyal, more trusting than 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 he is. Now, in in, in, in our in our reality that we're talking about is um, the the industry isn't color made. In the industry, and you can see right now, a lot of companies don't run by a woman. I'm going to talk about Pyramid. Pyramid Brewery, that's not around anymore, but Pyramid it was a, a diverse company to begin with. And that was five, six, seven years ago. Um, it's your willingness to come in and work your way up through the system. The system is... You start, and if you don't know what it is, then you're not coming in the brewery industry. Educate yourself on what you're going to have to learn, that if you can't clean, you can't do the stuff that you need to do, you're not going to make it in the brewery industry. The only barrier is the barrier that you put upon yourself. There you go. Amen. I'll amen that to you. You're you're the barrier. Yeah. And so, like, for me, I remember uh, I got to give shots out to uh, South Park Park Brewery. Yeah. uh, Before the uh, Monkey Paw. Before they closed down, um, so Cosmo. Before he was at uh, where, where's Cosmo at right now? He's over at uh, he's in North Park somewhere. In original forty. Original, original forty. But Cosmo, that's what, Cosmo, but they go through a few people there too. No, but Cosmo, they're really Cosmo, they're really Cosmo, Cosmo though. We know he's really good with us. Thank you for all the lager yeast. Yeah. You make lager like it's going out of Cosmo style. You have really helped us. You and yeah. and Thorn Street. Oh my God, you guys are okay. awesome. But Cosmo crushes it, and and I remember I was still active duty in the Navy. Uh, Cos, I literally called him up out of the blue because I I was going buy I bought a five barrel system from Premier, and they was like I was like I didn't know how to use it. Yeah. I'm like, and they was like, well, that's just monkey paw. They got a five barrel system from us. Call them up. They gave me the number. I called them up, and literally, I I called them up and like, hey, I, I just bought this five. Now nobody knew who I was. Yeah, yeah. Cosmo was like, yeah, stop by, like. Walks in. I'm literally still in uniform, yeah. and like I'm all over here. He teaching me all this stuff, <laughs> and I gotta get back to work. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to join the military. You're yeah. like, no, yeah, I'm here no, to no, no, no. I'm just here. And like literally, I'm, you know. And I remember I had to, you know, get back to work. So I, I got there. I changed out of my uniform, and I was there working with him. And then I had to go back to the bathroom, like as if I was Superman. Put back on my flight suit and go back to work. And I did that quite a few times, and every time Cosmo was opening up the door, let me in, and he was telling me how he was making me bear. He was literally, like, everything. If there was a question, hey, I was like, dude, your pills, and he'll tell me exactly how he made that pills. <laughs> like, but it was like, but that's how the beer industry is. It's like, 
I'm going to open the door for you. Yeah, we're going to help. And, yes. and, and, and it's one of the things I had to learn. It's like, I, I think one of the reasons that helped me was they saw my motivation. And they wasn't about to get in the way of my motivation. They was like, we're about to help this guy. Yeah. We don't know him. Never really seen him after that, after we opened up the brewery. But I, I still I still see Cosmo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know what I'm saying? I, I get that a lot, where it's a lot of people, it's like he said, it's not that I'm turning people away. It's like, if your motive, if you're not ready for that step, I can't help you. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason for me to sit there and pretend like I'm opening up a door for you that you're not ready for. All you doing is, I'm not helping them. At yeah. all. No. They already just they already know they're gonna get to where they're going. You're handicapping them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you're, basically you're, all I'm doing is hey, I'm gonna give you I already know you're gonna get here. Yeah. I'm just gonna share what I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can keep you moving along. moving yeah. in your direction. And that's how the beer industry is, and that's how I, for me, that's how business is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like if you telling yourself you're about to start a business, the first thing you say is, Well, I gotta get some money. Well, what the fuck are you trying to start a business for? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, go to work for a business. Right. And maybe, I mean, look at some of the um, Reem, which, you know, the guy came from Stone and have a penny. He worked for Stone. He ran Stone's Brew House and everything. But he didn't have any money but making us a living. But he got, you know, three or four dudes that saw the quality of beers and what he did is. And, and within, you know, one year, they went from a 10-barrel brew house to um, Green Flash's old um, thing. And then that's it. They already his big hitters that are in there as partners had already bought, you know, a five, $5 million piece of land to build a brewery house. And they, they end up getting to have um, Green Flash's brew house back in West Virginia. And, and the dude now is in the top 10, you know, within, you know, almost three and a half years, four years of breweries. It, in, in understanding that if you don't know how to mop the floor, how are you going to run your business? Right. And if you don't know how to clean the windows, how are you going to run your business? If you don't know how to do the little things, the big things are going to crush you. And if you're only interested in trying to find the money, you know what's going to get the money is your enthusiasm for what you're doing. There is so there is money out there for Everywhere. from people that that, that have money that because of your personality and your excitement for what you're doing they're because they, they're buying your excitement yes. if you come in and you're showing them the numbers and you're showing them all the graphs and everything it's like what what's that yeah you know but in their thing you sit across from them is that like, we just want to make great beers yeah. <laughs> you know i want an opportunity to make beers you know and and here's what i'm trying to do and 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 we need you to come in and work here, you know, you know, and, and help us get it over the hump, you know. Um, then you're buying loyalty into your business. Um, and, and one of, you know, the kind of the last thing I'm going to say to this whole um, conversation is, if you don't feel you're blessed to be in this business or any business that you're in, you're going to fail. And we all make mistakes and we all have to ask for forgiveness. But if you don't feel you're blessed, because what they give you can be taken. And, 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 but if you are blessed by it, I'm not saying you won't change your road, you change your path, but you will succeed. And, and the greatest thing is, I am a simplistic kind of a person. I remember how proud I was when we did start bottling our first beers and we were doing those, you know, you know, 22s. And I, I mean, I remember the first one I took, 
two of them upstairs. I wouldn't even put beer in them. I just let the label be put on it so I could put it up in my office. And every day today, I have like a couple of them still sitting there. And it humbles me that the excitement it is. And then when the cans came, you know, it was okay. You know, we designed the labels. And if you, it, you have, guys don't get to see, but Shore Patrol is the new style label. It's a little different than the Tiki's and all our, all our other labels. Um, we are changing our labels like everything. The Tiki's are still on the side. But Shore Patrol, when we run out of the old labels, we put the, we'll start putting the new ones on. So there's a you know, new style labels coming. But if you get a chance to look at it, um, every brewery is in evolution. Um, Tim's brewery is in evolution from when he opened and I got my system in there that he probably could have paid half and got something, did it the way he did it today, um, got a bigger system. But he, he took what he got and he put his foot on the ground to make beers. Okay? I'm no different than I put my foot on the ground to make beers. And then each one of those steps, when he started making 16, he likes making 16s. I like 16. <laughs> I like making 16s, but I sell 16s only in-house. So they're special beers, like Mobetta. Like if you did Humble, we would do Mobetta. Um, we do the red. We do um, um, the brown. But our, our production beers, we do it only in that because it's cost. You're battling yourself against cost of the big boys. So it's easier to do like a six-pack of 12s than a four-pack of, of 16s. Now, in reality of that whole thing is he bought into 16s, and so he's building a reputation for 16s, and there's no thing, because I like buying 16s. I mean, I go in a liquor store, you know, they're single now, yeah. and I'll go in there and I'll drink the, you know, a beer that's a 16 because I know that I want to, like I grab something to eat and I want to have a beer while I'm eating it, let's say from the food truck or whatever, and I want to go grab a 16. I don't really want to grab a 12. I don't want to grab a six-pack. <laughs> you know, but because it'll be rolling around in my truck for a week, okay? Yeah. Well, and the reality of that is, is that the six, the 12 ounces for going home, the 16s are for drinking. You know I mean, there were four, that dude that came in and had a couple pints, and he goes like, I'm going to take a, a 16 home. Yeah, um, one, of, one of the things we, in the industry, if you can ever remember, have passion, have commitment to yourself, put people in, in behind you that don't need anything from you, Okay? They're helping you because they feel that you need the help and you're not, they're not asking you for a penny from it. And then the last thing you do is evolve. Evolve every freaking day. Okay? Don't let the, the crush of taxes and the government and all of those, those things ruin your passion. And every time I come to here, I see him growing. It, it excite me, excites me to see him grow. Um, it's not is what he owns or what he, what he has. It's just fun to me to take my time to come down here. I got to remember, I have nine grandbabies, okay? Nine. I have six children. Six children, nine yes. grandbabies. I got two. And, 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 and I, I, I cut have, the balls out and, of and, two. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and, and you and, know you what? Know, I'm going to force my kids to cut their balls if they try to have grandkids like him. I don't, I don't want to take care of that many grandkids. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, but in my reality of what we do is... To take time out is you take time out with people that have the same passion you have for yourself. You take the time out for the memory that we're going to have. And, and when you drink a beer or you see someone, you're doing it for the memory. You know, I got to talk to this person. I mean, I, I could run into Jack White after three years, and he treats me like I've known him for, for 30 years. Um, and, he, and he laughs and stuff, but it has never been about money. 
it was opportunities and his passion. And the reality of all what we're doing is they have stories that they could tell that are way bigger that we could sit in awe of. Um, but in the understanding that I think that we have to understand that we have fun. And I, I mean, this is to me a fun time. Yeah. I can come down and a few beers. Um, I don't have anybody, you know, guarding stuff off of me. And then we can talk about where we came from, where we're, where we're going. Because that's what those big guys told me in the CCBA, CCBA meetings when I first went as a brewery in progress, and you used to call it, you know, you're building a brewery. And I went to the first meeting, I got to sit in there with guys from Sierra Nevada, you know, I got to sit in there with a guy from a Green Flash. I got to sit in there with Ray Crocs from Stone. I mean, and, and these guys would share stuff that, you know, in reality, in every job, it'd be proprietary. All right, well. Hey, we're, we're about, we're going to run it. Run it down. I know we're running down to the end of the battery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we're, we're gonna we're gonna call it a day on the mic. And and Tim, thank you for having me in. Thank you so much. Um, for thank you in. for having the beer guy with us. And um, I look forward Ready. to. <laughs> you know. He's he's uh, we gonna have to make him talk more. We got to. Yeah, because he he's got to show us the other side of the exactly of the horizon. <laughs> Well, I, I want sitting back and just listen. I want to personally thank you. Yeah. You you know, uh, this was inspirational. Um, I think we definitely achieved the goal of, of reaching other people and letting them know to, you know, to strive for their dream. Like I said, he's a mentor to me. You know, I never had a father, so when, you know what I'm saying, um, so when he walked through the door, I don't think he even realized he ever walked, he walked through and he naturally became a father figure to me. And, and we're dropping knowledge on me, you know what I'm saying, that he learned. Uh, I, we've been up with for five years, so at that time, you've been up with for three years. I want to thank you. Thank you for always being there. Thank you for letting me know my beer sucked in the beginning so I can make it better. And he uh, did. And that's a great, that's a great conversation. That, 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 that. And I wouldn't say that. I oh, it sucks. It's a hard, it's a hard conversation. Yeah, well, I mean, if but, you compare it to. But one of the things that, in Tim, by saying that is, Tim knew he needed to make a change, and he just needed someone to give him um, the support to make the change. Because he he just needed someone to give him a little shove, and then he did it. And because uh, you know, a couple months later, I came down, and I was in no hurry to come down and drink drink the beers one because I was just really busy. But at the same time, as he came, he I came down, and he had gotten James and I drank the first couple of beers that James had made and I knew that oh, you know, he had a smile on his face <laughs> yeah and you know he made drinkable beers it was now I, I would be proud to send my 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 partners my friends to go down because I tell people every day yeah. if you're in Third Avenue you know go to Chula Vista Brewery Okay? Because you're going to go in there and you're going to get a drinkable beer they know what drinkable beers are about and that's the greatest thing that he does I know he thanks me and everything I mean, and he'll tell you that I, I battered him sometimes because he had it in him to do more, and he was doing great things because he would do things that I, I, I wouldn't even do. But in reality, he would take it home and chew it up, you know, and he's got a little smart, smart aleck because he's a chief and in the Navy. He's usually having the last say to all the grunts. Well, you know, and, and the reality, it always, he'd always be a smart aleck to me, but he accepted what I said to him. It was never an anger. We never got mad at each other. We never, and that is the beer industry. You know, we're, I, I have nothing to um, give him but my friendship, you know, my knowledge, and in the same way back to me. 
It gives me an opportunity to come down and celebrate his grand opening. He reached a milestone. And if you are a true friend, you'd be there at the person's milestone. I might not be there in every time he does something, but I'll be there on his milestones. And then I'll be there because he makes me feel like a friend. Yeah. He is a friend. So, Good. so we'll call it a day. Yeah. Yep. So thank you. So if people want to get your beer, where do they go to? They can Pacific go to Island. Pacific Islander Beer Company. Pacific Islander Brewery is our brewery. We're in Santee, 8665 Argent Street. It's the corner of Prospect and Argent. If you drive by and you can't find it, you shouldn't be drinking. Um, <laughs> but in the reality of it, you know, if you're listening from the owner, um, we want to treat you like family. And we want you to have fun drinking beers. And we want you to drink craft beers. And the only last thing I'd said, and I said it before, drink craft beers. Yeah. Okay. I had Amen. fun drinking these. It was great talking to you. And want some of these delicious red or definitely, the definitely. Belgian, definitely stop in. My cup is empty. I would give yeah. a cheers, but. <laughs> We're going right. to do cheers a little bit afterwards. Right, right. Thank All you right, so y'all. Much. Thanks for tuning in. Until the next episode, see you next time. <laughs> Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.